Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. Has anyone ever in your life said you were full of it? Lots of times in my life, multiple occasions, people have told me that I was full of it. Usually not a compliment. Usually not trying to build up your esteem or anything, right? But I do believe, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are absolutely supposed to be full of it. And that it stands for intentional thankfulness. Intentional thankfulness. That's what we want to be full of. I want to get t-shirts made. Say, I am full of it. And just, and just have people walk up to me and, and ask me, what, what are you talking about? Because then we could tell them, oh, you want to know what we're full of? I am intentionally thankful for the God who saved me, who redeemed me. So I think as we enter this, this wonderful season of thankfulness, and it's, I know we're supposed to be thankful all year long, but you know, there's a calendar date that we, that they say we could be thankful on. And people are usually a bit, not, not quite like Christmas where everybody's mind is on it, but people are talking about gathering together and, and, and people actually try to be thankful. So we have a really good excuse to walk around being full of it and to show people why we are and who we're thankful to. Because we are called to a life full of intentional, consistent, purposeful, and deliberate acts of thankfulness. See, to be intentional means to be doing something on purpose. Doing something for a reason. Doing something consistently. Usually because you believe in it. Usually because there's, there's something that attracts you to this thing that you want to be intentional about and towards. So intentionality is a, is a wonderful, I think, spiritual gift that we can get because our life is meant to be a purposeful demonstration of worship where our mind, our heart, and our spirit are committed to raise the bar every time we are thankful to God. That there, we should hold nothing back in, in our gratefulness and our thankfulness and our expression of worship and of great thanks for what this, for who God is and what He's done for us. It's, we should be overwhelmed by our gratefulness towards God. How many want to know what the will of God is for your life this morning? I'm going to tell you. Actually, the Bible is going to tell you. I'm just going to repeat what it says. First Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is a great statement. God's will is for you and I to be full of it. It really is. It just said it was. That is, it is God's design, His purpose for us to worship Him. 
and, and to give thanks to him and to be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, in all circumstances. And what I love about it, because it's in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus. And that is something to be grateful for. Because I think God's will is fully understood through relationship. So when we want to talk about understanding what God's will is, and even in this particular application of God's will, which is to, to give thanks in all circumstances, it is important to know that that's all done through relationship because it's in Christ Jesus. And this is, that's a beautiful relational component to this that in Christ we have a relationship with God that helps us in all circumstances. It's a beautiful relational, not a robotic type of response. It's a relational response to his will because of what God has done for us. Now, intentional thankfulness, being full of it, is not sucking it up and pretending that things don't hurt. Did you hear that? Being full of it, being intentionally thankful, purposeful in our thanks and gratitude towards God, doesn't mean life doesn't suck and hurt at times. It means despite the fact that it does suck and hurt at times, we're grateful to God because he's, he's with us in it. See, that's what intentional thankfulness is. It means I am purposely going to worship God, to thank God, to be grateful to God because he is God, first of all. He deserves all praise and glory and, and thanks just because of who he is. But God extends himself towards us through Jesus Christ and has made our lives more abundant. And therefore, we can be intentionally thankful for all he's done, all he's doing, all he will do in our life, even when it hurts sometimes, even when it's difficult sometimes. So we're not pretending that it doesn't hurt. We're not pretending that it doesn't, it's not difficult, that it doesn't cause us stress or anxiety or fear or all those things. But we're going to be thankful in all things because we know that God is with us. So in that way, thankfulness is it's like faith. It's our response to grace. God's grace and salvation, his unmerited favor that he gives us through Christ. We can be thankful. We really can. In all things, because God is in control and not us. Sometimes I think we, I know we don't, we don't like the feeling of not being in control. I, all, probably all of us, we just don't like it. But imagine if you were in control, what would happen? Use your, use your imagination this morning. If you had unlimited control of your life, what would happen? Yeah. I think if we really are honest about that, God, I, I, I am grateful that you're in control. I am thankful that you're in control of my life. That you're in, you were in control of my destiny for all eternity. Oh, I'm, I'm thankful to God for that this morning. That I don't have to worry about eternity anymore. Because God's in control of that. God has always been in control of that. Right? 
So we can, we can be thankful for that because God is in control and not us. I am so thankful I am not in control of my life and your life. I'm glad to have influence. I'm glad to have impact. I'm glad to have friendship and, and all the things that we get as a body of Christ, as brothers and sisters, man. But I am so glad I don't have control of your lives. And you should be thankful too, okay? You really, if anything else, you should be thankful for that this morning, that Jay does not have control of your lives. You really should be giving thanks to God right now. We could stop right now if you want to sing some more songs. But, I mean, that's the real truth of the fact. God is in control. So we can be thankful in all things. God can use your situation to bring you into his purposes for you. All things work together. See? He uses these circumstances. He uses these difficulties to bring us into his will, his design, his purpose. And since he's in control, we can be thankful for it. So I really do believe that being full of it is learning to live in God's kingdom every day, to see his salvation at work in our lives every day. See, because when I see his salvation at work in my life, I get a whole lot more grateful. My attitude changes. My opinions are affected. The way I walk is affected. Because I see his salvation working in every part of my life, changing me, renewing me, restoring me, transforming me. And all of a sudden, I am lifting my eyes towards heaven and saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in me, through me, with me. All things work together for According to his purpose, because he's in control. Thank God he's in control. Praise God he's in control. I don't want to be in control. You don't want to be in control. You really don't. Don't think you do. Because you're really lying to yourself. Psalm 50, 23 says this. The one who offers thanksgiving, and that Hebrew word for thanksgiving means to extend a hand towards heaven. To extend a hand. It's a, it's a symbol of worship. Okay, To the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation. The word means liberty, deliverance, prosperity. I will show the liberty, deliverance, and prosperity of God. Deep gratitude, deep thankfulness, orders our way in obedience. You see, because since God's in control... I'm going to be grateful for that. I'm going to see his ways a lot clearer because my eyes are around him because he's in control. I'm not looking at my ways of doing things. I'm looking at his ways of doing things. I'm able to be more obedient. And he shows me the way to prosper. The way to walk rightly. The way to be free is what the scripture is saying. Liberty, deliverance, prosperity. I will show that salvation. See, I want to see salvation, that kind of salvation at my, uh, at work in my life every day. And thankfulness gets me in a, in a place to receive that. Being grateful, worshiping God with everything that I am. You see that? You see that? Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready to be full of it this morning? Are you ready to be full of it? Okay, turn to the book of Luke. There is a huge story here that's only like a few passages long. Luke 17, beginning on on verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. 
and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when they, he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Talking about a Samaritan. And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. If there's not a, a clearer story about having being full of it than this story, I don't know what there is. This is huge. This is awesome. I love this little story that packs so much into it. So I want to take apart these verses and see what God is saying in all of them. So here's the thing. Jesus is, is traveling between Samaria and Galilee, and these ten guys with leprosy show up as if they were waiting for him, or as if they knew that's, that's the way he was going, but they're there. And they start yelling at him. Now, they had to. Because when you had leprosy, you had to, you couldn't get any closer than about 150 feet of someone. Now, if you're 150 feet away from someone, you're going to have to yell to get their attention, to be able to communicate with them. And the thing about leprosy, and in this time we've said this before, that leprosy was an awful physical disease of decay. But in the Jewish mindset, in the religious community at that time, it would, if you had leprosy, you were, they assumed that you also had moral decay in your life. That leprosy was, a, was an indication of your relationship with God being in a moral decay state. So there was a lot of stigma to someone who had leprosy. And, of course, everybody was definitely afraid of it. And so they were, part of the law at that time is that they had to stay away at least 150 feet away from people who didn't have leprosy. So imagine being away from your loved ones. Imagine seeing your loved one and all you could do was to yell at them and you couldn't get close enough to touch them. This is what they're dealing with. But it shows amazing faith that they would yell out to get Jesus' attention and to say, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, they say. They're already throwing their allegiance to by calling him Master. It's a beautiful story of faith here at the very beginning of this story. So it took great faith for them to cry out, have mercy on us. They knew his name. They knew his authority. And they knew that they could bring their need to him. They intentionally cried out with the belief that Jesus would answer them. And it sets the stage what's going to happen in verse 14. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. Jesus heals so many different ways in scriptures. There's other times when he actually touches those with leprosy, which would have made him unclean. He would have made him ceremonially unclean. This time he just says, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, if you read in Leviticus 14, you're going to read a 
beautiful little story about the ceremony that was someone who had leprosy and was healed had to go to the priest and show themselves to, in order to be certified that they were no longer a carrier of leprosy and be able to go back into their community. But the ceremony about that is beautiful. You've got to go read it sometime. Not right now because I'm still talking. But uh, 14, Leviticus 14. Um, so this is what Jesus is saying to them. Now, this, this is pretty huge. If you've got to understand, he says, go show yourself to the priest. Something that you wouldn't do unless you had already been healed. Do you get that? See the, see the tension here in the story already? Jesus is saying, do what I say, even if you're still carrying a disease. It's huge. It's really big. Jesus is saying, obey me, even though you're walking through something really difficult. Now, they understood Jewish law. I mean, these, these, these ten dudes, they understood what Jewish law was. So they knew in their mind what this meant. That you only go to the priest to show you that you've been healed from leprosy if you indeed had been healed from leprosy. So there's no more conversation. They don't stop and say, wait a minute. Are you going to do something first? And the text doesn't say that they were looking at their skin to see if anything was happening. It just said, and as they went, they were healed. As they went obeying what Jesus had told them to do, they were healed. I don't know how long in this journey between them and the priest that it took. It could have took hours. It could have took moments. But they had to go first. They had to do what Jesus asked them to do first. Jesus instructs them to do what a person healed from leprosy would need to do before they were even healed. Obey me despite the disease, he's saying. That took faith. That took huge faith on their parts. They did what Jesus said to do, and their obedience was immediate and intentional. Now, when it says they were cleansed, the Greek meaning for that word means to be clean from physical stains, stains like on, on your clothes and stuff like that. But it also means that you're cleansed from moral decay. It means both. The outside and the inside was cleansed as they went. So not only were they healed from leprosy, everything that that leprosy represented physically and, and spiritually, they were cleansed from. Because it says they were purified. This is extremely generous of Jesus to do this. And it's just wonderful. These men acted on the words of Jesus and they were healed. How powerful is that? Okay, so here's, a, here's an important point in this story, I think. And I, I want you to, to get this. When you're obedient to God, you're going to have reason to be thankful. Might seem like a no-brainer, but I think the story points this out. When you're obedient to God, you're going to have reason to be thankful. It may not be the reason that you're thinking of or that I'm thinking of, but when we're obedient to what God has asked us to do through his word, we're going to have reason to be thankful. Because when we're obedient, because of a relational obedience that we have, we're going to understand what his will is. 
And when we understand what His will is, we're going to walk in His ways. And when we walk in His ways, who do we see a lot clearer? Yeah. Yeah. And when we see Jesus clearer, doesn't that make you thankful? When, when you get a revelation of who Jesus is, aren't you more thankful for that? Are, are you grateful for that? When you, all of a sudden you, you read the scripture and all of a sudden it pops off the page and you go, whoa, Holy Spirit, you're cool. Aren't you grateful for that moment? I am. I am grateful for those moments when the Holy Spirit comes and reveals God's truth because that's His job to lead us into all truth. And what it does, it makes us see Jesus clear. It makes us see God clear. And it just makes our heart more thankful and more grateful. Amen? Amen? So when you're obedient to God, you're going to have more reasons to be thankful, even if you don't see immediate results. Again, we don't know how far they were on walking between Jesus and the priest. It just said on their way. He didn't say after a mile, after a little ways. So even when we don't see immediate results, if we're obedient because of a relational... I'm not, I'm not talking about having a list of do's and don'ts and making sure we cross off those things. I'm talking about being deeply in love with the God who saved us. And because I love Him so much, what Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commands. See, it's relational. And this is what enables us to be obedient in all things. (laughs) Not just thankful in all things. I can't wait, you can't wait for problems to end before stepping out in faith. Because none of us would. If we waited for everything to clear up in our lives, would we ever walk another step in Jesus? I doubt it. Okay, I would never take another step in Jesus if I waited for situations to, to improve, for my attitude to improve, my understanding to improve, for God to explain Himself in such a way so I'm, okay, now I get it. No. We step out in faith because that's why it's called faith. Right? I wonder... Before these men left, if they, had, if they had waited for their healing first, if they still would be standing there, unhealed. I don't know. This is an interesting question to ponder. I don't really have an answer for that. Just, just... Verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. This is really cool. What was this man used to doing? Shouting! He was used to his loud voice. There are people in my house that say, I'm very used to my loud voice. And they wish I wasn't so used to it. But he was used to shouting, unclean, 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 in order to warn people he was coming. Imagine pronouncing that over yourself every day of your life. What you would feel like. This man was accustomed to shouting. But now, He returned to Jesus with a loud voice praising God. That's huge. He shouted out loud in pain, and now he's shouting out loud in praise. It's huge. This guy's full of it. There's no other better way of saying it. He is full of it. So much so that he, the same voice that he used to cry out loud in pain and shame and sorrow... 
He's now crying out loud in praise to his God. Imagine that. You look at your skin and it's clear. And you're just overwhelmed with gratefulness. And, and that's a great feeling. But if you don't express thankfulness, it's, it's like giving someone, a, a wrapping up a present and not giving it to the person that you attended it for. We should feel grateful, but we should express thankfulness. Especially when God does something. When God moves. And God has already done something that is worthy of all our praise. And remember, if God never answers another prayer again, He is still worthy to be praised. And here's the thing. If He never answered the prayer, He's still worthy of praise because of who He is. But God is good and He gives good gifts to His kids and He wants to bless us. We should extend our hand and praise Him. He was loud in his pain. Now he was loud in his praise. He had to shout at a distance for most... I don't know how long he had leprosy. But for however long it was, he had to shout at people at a distance. His loved ones, his friends, his community. And now, he could get up close and personal. He no longer had to stay at a distance. You think this man was grateful? And not only could he touch people, what else could happen? People could touch him. Yes, sin. Imagine. For me, my love language is physical touch. It drives me crazy if I can't hug people, okay? So if I had to stay away from any certain amount of time and, and yell at people and not be able to hug them or touch them, how grateful would I be if that was restored to me? I don't know what his love language is. But it didn't matter at this point. You could have been the most unhuggable person in the world. If you were restored and be able to touch people, I think you'd be happy. This man was. He was full of it. And he was going to express it in a loud voice. He wasn't going to let anything keep him from expressing his gratefulness with thanksgiving. Thanking God as he came back. Now he can get up and close and personal with the one who healed him. And everybody else. This is great stuff. Verse 16. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. I love how sometimes scriptures just throw in things. So not only did this man have the shame of leprosy, Jews considered Samaritans to be half-breeds. There was huge hatred between them both. I don't know what the other nine were. But it doesn't say that they were Samaritans. But it's amazing if they were a mixture of Samaritans and, and, and Jews in that group of people who had leprosy, uh, that disease unified, uh, unified them. Because they didn't have any place to go. But now he was no longer walking in the shame of leprosy. And he certainly wasn't going to let any social bias keep him from the feet of Jesus who was a Jew. Amazing story. It's an amazing story. This man was so grateful, he walked all past that kind of stuff, what everybody else expected, and he was going to worship the God that healed him. He got it. He got full of it. Falling at the, on his face to worship and to give thanks. You know what I like about this? 
everyone can choose to intensely give thanks and acknowledge the goodness of God. There are no excuses. This story shows that there is no excuses. There's something to think about. There are no excuses. I don't really want to talk about the other nine so much, but I will, I will say this. They get a lot of grief. And Jesus seems a little upset, or at least surprised. But imagine you have leprosy. You're going to show yourself to the priest, so there's an anticipation that you know who God, uh, Jesus is, uh, that you're, somewhere along this way, you're going to be healed. And you, on the way, you discover you are healed. I, I'm going to think that you might be, you might be a little excited. And you might just run to those friends and family that you've been estranged from. It's human. They were human. I think what it teaches us is that when God moves in our, in our hearts and our spirits and our lives and he does a work, that our first response is to be grateful to God. I think it teaches that. I think there's a lesson in there about returning to the source when God speaks to us or heals us or ministers to us or or instructs us or guides us. Whatever that revelation that suddenly pops up and we're instantaneously grateful for that moment that we should go to God and thank Him. And I'm I'm not against loud voices, you know that. So I think loud voices are good. Amen. Amen. The Greek meaning for the word well. It's really interesting. He said to them, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The Greek meaning for the word well means to be saved from danger, to be rescued from harm. Sailors would use it when they got back to shore safely after a huge storm. Now, the deeper meaning of this word means to be made whole. Physically, mentally, spiritually, whole. God rescues us to make us whole. Your faith is one of the vehicles that gets us to that point. But this man's worship, this man's thankfulness, our intentional thankfulness leads us to Jesus and makes us whole. Is the point that I want to make. This man's faith not only sent him to Christ for healing, but also led him back to him to worship him and thank him. And that's, that's how our faith and thankfulness are connected. And he said to him, rise and go your way. When you, when you give your, your intentional thankfulness to Jesus and you're and you're at his feet and you're worshiping him and you're acknowledging that he's in control and you're not I believe that that level of gratitude lifts us up gets us able to stand again because it gets our priorities correct see and when our priorities are correct we walk in more faith and we go in the way that Jesus tells us to go. So to be full of it is good for us. It's good for us. It, it encourages us. It gives us strength to rise up in all circumstances. You know, sometimes we could have more faith 
in fear than we have in faith. We believe what fear says more than what the word says. And I believe one of the ways to beat that is to be intentionally, purposefully, consistently thankful. It is a way of sacrifice. Offering our bodies as uh, as living sacrifices. This is our reasonable service. Psalm 103.2 Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all His benefits. What is the psalmist telling his soul to do? He is actually commanding his soul intentionally to bless God, to worship God, to offer everything in raising the hand, extending ourselves. That is intentional thankfulness. Telling our soul, commanding our soul, instructing our soul, our spirit, our mind, our heart to bless the Lord from the very core of who we are. And the beautiful thing is that it, it, anyone have trouble with their memory today? This scripture says this, this kind of attitude, this kind of response helps us not to forget his benefits. Not to forget all he's done, all he's doing. And all he promises to do. So, do you fold it this morning?